In my opinion, your objective should always be to have as little debt as possible so that you can stay in choice, so that you can make decisions rooted in faith and purpose and not rooted in fear. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. If this is your first time joining us, welcome, welcome, welcome. You should know that we are not your typical personal finance show if you found this podcast under something related to money. Everything that we talk about will definitely get you to the wealth that you desire, but we don't believe in chasing money. We don't believe that we should be consumed with only saving or only getting out of debt or only investing because even though those are kind of noble goals, uh, if you put too much emphasis on it, it's still another version of chasing money. And here we choose to believe that wealth is not just about money and material possessions. It's about our well-being, which means that we need to have a holistic or well-rounded approach and know that as we focus on our well-being, the money becomes the natural byproduct of becoming our best self, setting up our life to support us, creating relationships that matter. And it's it's all based on six pillars. So if you're new here, definitely check out the initial set of episodes that'll really give you that good foundation. Um, for my folks that are regulars, I hope you enjoyed last week's episode. I've been getting such great feedback. Abundance requires accountability. And I thought that we can kind of continue down that lane by thinking through another area where we may really need some accountability. And I think that that is with debt. As I travel all over the country, I hear so many different myths. <laughs> I'll call them that myths about debt. And I hear so many stories and rationalizations and I believe that rationalizations are nothing more than excuses or the way we ration out lies. That's my definition. <laughs> kind of rationing out lies, the way we not only lie to others, but lie to ourselves about the position that we're in. And I truly believe that if we're not honest with ourselves, if we are not willing to recognize what may be holding us back, we'll never have an opportunity to recondition it. You have to recognize what may be holding you back in order to actually have a shot at reconditioning, at shifting, at telling a new story, at creating a new path. And this episode is about basically the three myths that I believe hold a lot of us back in our finances as it relates to debt. And I want to offer you three mindset shifts to make sure that debt is not going to prevent you from the destiny that you desire. I want to make sure that your debt doesn't handicap you and doesn't cripple you from experiencing the life that you truly desire. And again, since I've been on tour with Paul Mitchell Schools and I've been going all over the country and speaking at churches and speaking at different places, it always amazes me how afterwards, if you've never been to a live event where I was speaking, you don't know this, but I probably am one of those speakers that takes the most time, I think, with 
attendees and people that come to see me. When I'm done speaking, I can stand out in the front, in the foyer, wherever, and probably talk to people for, on average, 90 minutes to three hours. (laughs) That's the longest. And I know people who are like, oh my gosh, people who usually are my handlers, if you will, they're supposed to keep me on track. They're so annoyed. But I'm one of those people who truly likes to talk to every single person. I want to honor people who come to see me live. I really do. Or even if you didn't know who I was before that opportunity, I still want to be able to give you a hug and lock eyes with you. And I learned so much. I'm really confused by people who never speak to their audience, (laughs) like never have a chance. They kind of speak at them, if you will, from the stage. But then you never have a chance to really hear what they're taking away or what their struggles are or what their fears are. And so I do that because even as I'm working on my next book, I want to hear from you. I want my work to be an answer to what your most pressing questions are or what your fears are, what you're going through. And so as I've been on tour this year, what has been coming up are a lot of myths around debt and it blows my mind. I'll just say it that way. It blows my mind, especially when I'm in areas where I get to speak exclusively to women and we get into a conversation about a man not being the financial plan. And as ladies, we need to have our stuff together and all this. Women will still come up to me and say these little things about debt. And I'm like, do you realize that while you're kind of brushing this off, this does determine your destiny, your attitude right? About anything will determine your success with it. And your attitude towards debt is going to determine your success with it. Your ability to actually have a financially free destiny where you are not a slave to anything, where you are in control and where you can have choice because that's what debt does. When you are burdened down by debt, it takes away your choice, your freedom to choose. And so the first myth that I hear all the time is debt is not stopping me from anything. It's my blank. (laughs) It's my spouse. It's my job. It's my children. It's the fact that my parents didn't teach me to budget. It's like we are so good at trying to look outside of ourselves (laughs) to fix our results. And the truth is your results are based on your beliefs. Your beliefs dictate your thoughts, your thoughts dictate your actions, and your actions get you your results. And if you keep having to make New Year's resolutions about getting out of debt, but you're also at the same time saying, well, debt isn't stopping me from anything. It's so-and-so, it's this, it's that. Then that's a way or a form of not taking personal responsibility. Like you have to take personal responsibility for how you're thinking about this. Because anything that you accept is okay, you're going to allow it to persist. And the truth is, debt is stopping you from a lot. I'm not saying that debt has to ruin your life. There's been plenty of people, obviously, who have had great success in life or or have been able to do a lot of the things they set out to do. But for the average person, debt is actually making you settle for whatever you filled in with that blank. Like I know a lot of women who are still in relationships because they have debt and they're afraid to be on their own. And I'm not talking about women who are being physically or emotionally abused because we know that that's two reasons. The two reasons that women stay in abusive relationships, fear and finances. But I'm talking about women who 
are high achievers and they're not being abused, but they're not necessarily happy in the relationship. And they are literally making a choice to stay in relationships because of student loans, because of a joint mortgage, because of high credit card debt. Making a choice, settling for a relationship they no longer want or that no longer serves them. Settling in a job that they hate. Going to a job that they despise every day because the fear of what is going to happen if they were to pursue something they actually loved and are not necessarily making the same money, especially in the beginning, the debt is overwhelming. And yet they say, well, the debt isn't stopping me from anything. Yeah, it is. My definition of success is being able to do what I want to do with whom I want to do it for how long I want to do it. And the ability to do that, the ability to say no to certain jobs that are not in alignment with my spirit or to know that staying in my marriage is a choice. I don't have to stay because I need my husband to pay bills. I stay because I love my husband, I love my family, and I'm committed to my vows, but it's not because I need him to pay bills. I hope that makes sense. Or I'm saying no to certain gigs because my debt is not crippling me to the point where I have to take a gig that's outside of my comfort zone or not comfort zone, but outside of, you know, just what I feel aligned with or inclined to do. Like I get to say no to certain things because it's not being overshadowed by my debt. And so when you say debt is not stopping me from anything, it's all these other factors. Are you rationalizing? Are you rationalizing? Because if your first thought when it's time to make a decision is I need the money to pay off debt. I need the money because of my student loans. I need the money for this or that. And it's not based on how does it make me feel? How does this feel in my spirit? What is my gut telling me? Is this in alignment with my purpose? Am I doing this because it truly makes me happy? Because it truly gives me joy? Like if those are not the set of questions that you're asking yourself and the questions are, well, how much is it? How much can I get in the shortest amount of time? What can I pay off? What can I pay down? Again, those things sound noble. It sounds noble to want to pay off your debt. But if you're only doing something to get the money to pay off debt, and I'm not talking about being in a season when you are taking on a second job or you know doing whatever you have to do to pay off debt. I'm talking about like, that's for a season. I'm talking about living your life that way. Every decision you make is based on, can I pay off debt? Then that's another form of chasing money. And it's so subtle that you have to be careful because it's a very fine line, but I think many of us cross it. And when I say chase purpose, not money, you think of someone who's money hungry or someone who's evil or someone who's desperate or always. No, it's not necessarily that. Sometimes we are just making decisions like staying in an unhealthy relationship or one that doesn't serve us or choosing a job just because of the potential money to pay off debt. And you know the cold part about it? When you are unfulfilled in your relationships and you're unfulfilled in your work and your purpose, guess what happens? You continue to try to fill that void with stuff. 
And as much as you say that you're staying because you need the money to get out of debt, you actually end up in more debt. That's the real gag. You actually end up so unfulfilled that you try to fill that void with more and more stuff or more and more people pleasing and more and more giving to the point of your own detriment. And you actually stay in debt. You perpetuate the cycle. I think that that is vicious. Like, is that not a cold game? (laughs) But it happens and we don't even recognize it. We don't even recognize it. And so that's why I wanted to bring it to your attention. I know someone right now, that was your aha moment. You could stop listening right now and be good and go and change your life. But that is the first thing that I want you to consider. Debt may not only be stopping you from something, from living your destiny, living your best life, it also may be forcing you to settle for things that no longer serve you. And when you think about it that way, is that really what you want? Is that really why you're working? Is that really what made you go back to school? Is that really what you've been sacrificing for? I hope not. Now, the second myth that I hear very often, this is another fave, all I have is good debt. Child, please. (laughs) I don't know who the human being is that came up with this idea of good debt. People will talk about getting out of debt and completely, completely leave out the fact that they have student loans. $100,000, $200,000, $300,000 worth, mind you, because they think it's good debt. I remember when I was coaching and counseling with a nonprofit organization down in Atlanta, and I would go through people's budgets with them and and their debt, and they would write down one thing, but then we pull their credit report, and I'm like, you didn't list any of this. You didn't list these federal student loans. You didn't list these private student loans. You didn't list the fact that you have a mortgage on some property over here like, oh, well, that's good debt. Hmm. I don't believe in the idea of good debt. I do believe that there are different points in life when we find ourselves needing to leverage debt in order to make progress. But that doesn't make it good. It just makes it debt. In my opinion, your objective should always be to have as little debt as possible so that you can stay in choice, so that you can make decisions rooted in faith and purpose and not rooted in fear. As long as you continue to falsely term something as good, it allows you to get comfortable with thinking that debt is okay somehow. And that's why people will make a whole plan to get out of credit card debt and then leave. You're trying to make a plan to get out of $5,000 of credit card debt and not include your $50,000 of student loans. How so? In no instance is this okay. In no instance is it okay. As long as you think that debt is good, you are not going to really put the effort in that you need to put in to get rid of it. And so I believe in the mindset shift that I want to challenge you with is that the only debt that's good is the one you don't owe anymore. The only good debt is the debt you don't owe anymore. Any debt that is on your credit report that someone can put a lien against you, take your tax return or your tax refund or can come after you, harass you, call you, send you letters and pink slip, any debt 
anything that you owe that allows people to have that type of impact over your life and that allows people to potentially harass you or any of this stuff, there's nothing good about it. And so you need to shift from thinking of any type of debt. I don't care what it is. There are other ways for you to get a tax write-off. Talk to your tax professional and figure it out. But the idea that student loans and mortgages or whatever else you deem to be good is good is false. And that's something I don't care who you bring against me. We can debate about it. We can argue about it. I don't care. But in this community, you have got to stop looking at debt as something good. Is it something you may have to leverage? Absolutely. Good? No. Food is good. <laughs> like, that's something you need and it's also good. Like There's other things that we can consider good, but debt is not one of them. And then the last myth that I want to address is everyone has debt. I'm sure you've heard this. I hear it all the time. Whenever I challenge people about their good debt, especially, the thing they love to bounce back with is, well, everyone has debt. Not necessarily true. <laughs> like what makes you think that everyone has some form of debt? I do understand coming from a personal finance background that there are a lot of reasons to manage some form of debt for your credit report if you want to keep a good credit rating because at the end of the day, no credit is essentially bad credit. I think a lot of us are aware of that at this point. And in this culture, in this country, we get rewarded for having debt and showing what good little soldiers we are paying our debt off every month, but not really paying it off, just paying to pay, <laughs> barely paying interest like many folks out here. And so the idea, though, that everyone has debt makes it acceptable, again, it's one of those times that we rationalize. We ration out lies. We tell the lie that everyone has debt. No, everyone doesn't. There are a lot of people who are completely okay with living a cash basis life. There are a lot of people who are okay with never leveraging their credit for any reason. I know people who have hundreds of thousands of dollars saved in retirement and a lot of liquid assets, and they have no debt, no mortgage, no student loans, no credit card debt. no, And they don't even care about having a credit score because it really only matters when you are trying to leverage debt, when you are trying to you know, apply for something based on credit. If you live an all cash life and you're not necessarily in credit, isn't necessarily something that you're really concerned about. Having a 740 plus score doesn't really excite you for any reason. There's a lot of people who live with no debt. They have monthly expenses, but nothing that they're paying a note on every month. And so to make up in your mind, that everyone has debt and therefore make it okay for you. Like my thing is, you know, it's like that old saying your grandma used to say, if everybody jumps off the bridge, are you going to as well? Like everyone having debt, if that is what you have believed, why does that make it okay for you? Your goals, your dreams, your destiny, your desires are yours and yours alone. What does the next person's debt have to do with your destiny? I wouldn't care if everyone in my neighborhood was sending their children to these high-class private schools, which are very prevalent in my neighborhood, 
and my daughter's in private school, so it's no shade to that. But there are schools in my area where people are paying thirty and forty thousand dollars a year for elementary school students. And so I don't care if five out of six children on this block are going to this school for thirty thousand dollars a year. What does that have to do with the school that I choose for my daughter? What does someone else taking out, you know, car loans have to do with my desire to buy a car cash? What does you taking out a million dollar mortgage or a seven hundred, five hundred, three hundred thousand dollar mortgage based on where you live in this country have to do with my decision to downsize, rent an apartment, and only own investment properties? You know, my husband and I have decided that we are okay with the idea of renting our primary residence in the neighborhood that we choose to raise our child in and only leveraging debt in order to be real estate investors and own multiple pieces of properties in the neighborhoods that we can afford, but we also have tenants that are paying for them, that are paying off the debt every month. My decision to do that has nothing to do with anyone else's debt. It has nothing to do with my capability of buying a home in this neighborhood. Nothing. At the end of the day, my goals are my goals. My objectives are my objectives. My debt is my debt. And anything that I choose is because I choose it. I have the flexibility to choose it. But making a decision to be in debt, to stay in debt, to get into debt, based on what other people have done is a reversed and backwards keeping up with the Joneses mentality. And you have to shift because if you continue to care about what other people are doing, whether that's the debt they take on or how they're saving, how they're spending, if it's not authentic to you, what are you doing? What are you doing? You don't have to be in debt because mama was always in debt. You don't have to be in debt because your sorority sisters and girlfriends have leveraged all this debt. You don't have to be in debt because your coworkers are always talking about their debt. That does not make it okay. And if you have a vision for your life, you are allowing debt to cripple you, to force you to settle for people, places, and things that no longer serve you to force you to stay in a job that does not fulfill your passion or purpose, if you're allowing debt to run you because of what other people are doing, come on, that's impacting your destiny. Your destiny. And not just your ability to retire. It's the stress on you. It's how you feel about yourself. It's the relationships you allow in your life. It determines so much not just where you stand today, but where future you, where future you gets to go, what future you gets to do. The choices I make today are not so much for the impact they'll have today. The impact that they have today is usually kind of small at best. What really matters is the long-term impact. And so if you're going to take on debt, you want to think of the long-term implications, not the short-term fun, not the short-term ability to floss on your neighbors or your girlfriends, not the short-term, you know, high that it may give you, not the short-term warm and fuzzy feelings. No, destiny. Where will you be next week? Where will you be next month, next quarter, next year, five years from now? 
any debt that I choose to leverage today, I have to look at how it will position me for my future, how it will position my family. And so those are three things that I just want you to consider. I want to challenge you with considering. And I want to hear your feedback because I know we don't always get into a conversation about how like hardcore money stuff in terms of debt elimination or savings. And here and there, I'll definitely do more. I think there's so much of that out there. Obviously, I wanted Redefining Wealth to really expand the conversation to talk about all the other areas of life that impacts our money. But this debt is real. Debt will determine your destiny. And I'm so tired of it only being framed with retirement and not all the other factors that go into it. And so I hope that you have a chance to really absorb this. Listen again if you have to. But these myths about debt will prevent you from living your best life. And you know that my big thing here is to make sure that not only do you have finances that flourish and that you can be proud of, but that you understand that you being in the best position, you living your best life is of the utmost importance to me and one that's authentic, you living an authentic life that you can be proud of. So yes, debt is stopping you from doing a lot of things. Debt is making you settle for things that no longer serve you. Debt is bad, all of it. (laughs) Even the debt that you can leverage to make more money or to do other things. Very clear that, you know, I've leveraged debt to buy my investment properties, but I understand the way out. I've made a lot of unwise decisions. You know, I got into real estate really early at 19 years old, real estate and mortgage broker at 21, built a seven-figure business by 25. And at the height of the recession, as we were moving into recession time, I had 13 pieces of property and I over leveraged debt and made a lot of decisions that were very short term. They had a short term focus. They had no consideration for my destiny, no consideration for the future. And so that's why I'm so passionate about making sure that you have a better mindset about this, that we can shift your mindset especially because there's so many young people who I know are inspired by my story and look up to me. And I appreciate that so much, but I would do you a disservice to tell you all the the highs um, and not kind of give you a little forewarning about, you know, what happens if we don't have our mindset in the right place. Because remember, building wealth has 100% nothing to do with money. It has 100% everything to do with us and our mindsets towards money. And so I hope that you will embrace a couple of things maybe that you've never thought about before as it pertains to debt. And for those people who absolutely disagree, I'm totally open to listening. I always say I'm coachable. I'm open to feedback. If you want to head to redefiningwealthpodcast.com and leave your feedback pertaining to debt, tell us what you think um, about this conversation about debt, share any aha moments. Have you been rationalizing or rationing out lies as it pertains to debt? Have you been looking at your student loan debt as good debt or your mortgage is awesome debt for some reason? Mostly because that's what we've been trained to believe. Have you been in the mindset that everyone has debt and you've just accepted that you're going to die with it as opposed to being proactive? and getting out of debt. like Just tell me your thoughts and let me know if this is a conversation that you want to have more of, not just with debt, but kind of some of the mindsets behind 
a lot of the personal finance um, strategies or resources or tools because we can definitely implement that as well as we go because this is not my show. This is our show. And from the very beginning, I've been committed to creating a community where we can grow together. That's why I would love for you to go to redefiningwealthpodcast.com and share your feedback. If you're listening on YouTube where many of you listen, then make sure you reply in the comments or hit me up in social media, Seek Wisdom PCW. That's Seek Wisdom PCW. Uh, have another great episode for you next week. So stay tuned. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to the podcast. Go ahead and binge a little. Listen to some of the, the older episodes that we have incredible, incredible interviews with amazing people, lots of great insights. So I welcome you to this community. If you're new, please take a moment to rate a review. And until next time, I just want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. Bye.